0: Welcome, everybody, to our first podcast. I'm glad you guys could all come. Uh, We're calling this the PAL Podcast because we couldn't come up with a better name. My name's Blake Burgess. I have Ryan Linder here as well, and we'll be doing uh, the podcast. Ryan, you want to say a little bit about yourself?
1: Sure. I live in Wisconsin, just south of Green Bay. We have three stores, uh, one in Mantua, 30 minutes south of Green Bay, where I live. Uh, if you've heard of Manitowoc, you probably heard of Stephen Avery from the Netflix documentary. Uh, we have another store in our in Green Bay, where we are right down the street from Lambeau Field, where the Green Bay Packers play. You will find me on Sundays in the parking lot selling parking spots to our loyal Packer fan customers and some friendly out of town folks uh, for the games for all home games there. And then our third store is located in what's called the Fox Valley just south uh west of Green Bay in the Appleton Wisconsin area in a little town called Little Shoot. Uh I've been working in the store since as long as I can remember and it's something that I have a passion for helping customers and uh I do enjoy the day-to-day operation of the store but much more making sure the stores are succeeding as my role is the general manager to oversee the the day-to-day operations of all three stores.
0: Good. Yeah, uh, so I asked Ryan to uh, co-man this podcast with me. Um, for you guys who don't know who I am, my name's Blake Burgess. I have a couple stores in Nebraska. I was able to uh, start off as a part-time uh, associate back in the day, about 10 years ago, and grow to uh, own a store eventually, and now I own three in Nebraska. But uh, Ryan and I kind of bounced some ideas off each other about starting a podcast and uh, the purpose I wanted to start a podcast for was to be able to just share stories uh, about uh, different stores and the way people run them and how they're making changes in the communities that they're in. I just think it's important um, that we share these stories and also learn as we uh, share these stories from, from other people. Uh, there's a lot of good retailers out there and I, I want to continue to learn from them too.
1: And I'm honored, Blake, that you consider me a good retailer, even though um, I find myself just be mediocre.
0: I mean, honestly, I didn't say you were a good retailer. I said there's a lot of other good retailers out there. I I was looking up uh, quotes about story uh, because, like I said, I want to tell the story of these people's stores and our stores and where we come from. So uh, I'm going to read you a quote about just uh, stories here real quick. Stories are a primary tool of learning and teaching. They're repositories of our lore and legends. They bring order into our confusing world. Think about how many times a day you use stories to pass along data, insights, memories, or common sense advice. And that's from Edward Miller, who is a illustrator and product designer. I have no idea who was. I was just Googling story quotes, and uh, I'm going to use one more quote about stories. Stories create community, enable us to see through the eyes of other people, and open us to the claims of others. Peter Forbes, again, I don't know who that is, but good quotes, and like I said, I just want to share our stories of where we've been, where we're going, and how we've gotten where we've gotten. So uh, this is our first podcast, so it's just me, Ryan, and I. Uh, In the future, we will be inviting other Ace retailers on and just talking to them about where they've been, so... I'm going to interview mostly Ryan for this. I mean, I'm sure he'll ask me some questions too. So, uh, yeah, I got a get... question for you, Blake. Yeah, go.
1: What is your goal for the podcast? Do you think your goal might be to get John Van Heusen on this and and see where what kind of weird questions you can ask him to answer?
0: Oh, I got some weird questions to ask him already. I got some weird questions to ask you. Uh, yeah, I think we could probably, you know, after our moms listen to this, you know, we'll probably have you know two or three other listeners so i i'm thinking if we can get to 10 we might be able to coax them onto this so
1: now do you have to show your mom where to, to log in to see <laughs> this like i do or is it she's very tech savvy
0: yeah no honestly i don't think i have no idea if my mom uh listens to podcast or not but uh <laughs> i would probably have to share it to her and uh she's definitely not going to wander into it somehow. And she's not involved with in the business anyways. At least your mom's involved with the, uh, with your store. So a little bit, right? Yes. Yeah.
1: So she's got a lot of free time to listen to this when, when we publish it.
0: Hey, okay, there you go. Um, so, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit, you, have, you said you got three stores. How did your parents get into the, uh, the
1: hardware business? So it, it kind of starts way back when, when my par- parents first met, um, they were both in the movie theater business. Uh, My mom was managing a movie theater in Kenosha, Wisconsin, just north of the Illinois border. And my dad was kind of general manager um, of a movie theater chain that included the theater my mom managed. And uh, he moved up the corporate ladder. Um, they, They ended up falling in love, getting married. He moved up the corporate ladder and ended up being a vice president in that company. And he was sick of working for the man, quote unquote, and, he decided with my mom's uh, my mom's suggestion to, to go out and look for something that he could do with a family. Um, by that time, it was myself, my uh, sister, and my brother, both younger than I am, um, go out and find something that uh, could be a family business. And I remember vaguely touring the state of Wisconsin, um, looking at different businesses, and finally my parents settled on Manitowoc. So, we moved two hours north to Manitowoc and bought a, a small hardware store um, that wasn't, I don't recall it being branded by ACE um, that we eventually became branded with ACE and became part of the ACE family as our go-to back from college to our third location. And it's something that my dad enjoys helping customers and I enjoy helping customers. And my mom enjoys, you know, having the flexibility to come and go as she pleases and, and now that my wife is involved, she's a, she comes and goes just like my mom. And um, she has the opportunity to stay at home with our two kids and, and work from home most days and take the kids to the store the other, other days when she can't work from home. And it's just a, a fun family atmosphere for all of us.
0: I'll be honest, uh, you're, you cut out for about 30 seconds in there, 20 seconds. So I'm not sure what I missed uh you you fell
1: asleep is what you said
0: (laughs) that's possible I could have blacked out (laughs) my my phone started ringing oh is that what happened gotcha yeah yeah we by no means claim to have any clue what we're doing on this podcast we're learning as we go so uh stay with us we'll try to make it better (laughs) I,
1: I don't know I don't know how I can do not disturb my phone so can somebody like comment on that when we publish this.
0: Yeah, like I said, I got a good buddy who is into this kind of stuff and uh, I'll sit down with him sometime and we'll figure this out. Anyways, um so hang on one second. I'm on the phone. Yeah, no calls for me. <laughs> uh what do you what do you
1: love So so you me? do really work?
0: I do really work. <laughs> I answer phone calls and emails all day long. Uh <laughs> What do you
1: love about being in the hardware business? The, the knowledge you gain from it. I mean, you if you don't know something, you look it up, you learn it. Um, that that's, that's the fun part. When somebody walks in and you help somebody a month, a year, whatever, how long ago it was with that same problem, and that customer that you helped initially came back and said, hey, this worked great um, to help somebody else with that. But the knowledge that people lean on you to, to have and the knowledge you learn from, from figuring things out with customers. It's just, it's a wonderful experience. And the, the customer interaction is, you know, awesome. To, to see the same customers day in and day out with the various projects they have, it's just, just an awesome experience.
0: And uh, I don't know if you can put a number on it. Tell me again, how many years have you actually like, would you call yourself, you've been working in the store?
1: Does picking weeds in our garden center at the age of five count? Uh, how big were the weeds? Uh, I got paid a penny of weed, no matter how big they were. Right, then you got paid, so
0: I guess it's counting. Although your parents might be in trouble for labor laws. Uh, so No, that have was, have a it, discussion was, it was with off them.
1: the books. It was cash. It okay. was an independent well, contractor situation.
0: So you need to pay some taxes, what you're
1: saying. Uh, no, because I didn't have to pay taxes at the age of five.
0: Okay. That's
1: right. Yeah. Yeah. And I spent that on candy. So that was a work deduction, right? (laughs) Food, food and meals. Yep. Uh, No, but I mean, I, I worked in the store. I've, I've helped my parents since, since I was five, you know, picking weeds in the garden center, watering plants, you know, um, as, as I grew older, it was, Hey, we can't go home tonight until you put away three truck or three uh, totes up from the truck or, we can't go home until you restock the lawn and garden uh, section. So it was, it was things like that, that, it, you know, just growing up, I, I've always, since I can remember growing up, uh, being old enough to, to walk is, is being in the hardware store.
0: Yeah. Uh, and how long were they just one single store?
1: Uh, f- 13 years. 92 13? is when we, per- 92 is when they purchased Manitowoc in 2005 is when, uh when we opened green Bay. So if my math is right, that's 13 years. I'll let you go with that. Uh, I'm not
0: good at math. So I let my wife do all the math around here. Um, what, what made your dad decide after 13 years, uh, let's open another store.
1: Ace approached it. It was, um, 2005. So that was, you know, the economy was good. Mm -hmm. Um, Ace approached and said, there is this market in green Bay, um, which is small town NFL, but big town in Wisconsin, you know. Um, and it was something that the projection said to that it would be stupid not to open a store in that market. And uh, so they, uh, my parents decided, and of course I was in high school, so I didn't have a, much of a say in it. They just kind of said we were doing this. And uh, my parents decided to open that store from the ground up, and it was a labor of love. Um, my parents are ones that, why pay someone to do it if we can do it ourselves? Even if it means doing it, you know, at two a.m. in the morning. Um, so it's it was it was a labor of love. I remember in high school, you know, Friday, Saturday, and, and half a Sunday, we were in Green Bay, um, getting the store ready to open. And it was uh, it was fun. There's you know, as you were talking about stories, there's some uh, at least one or two good stories from from you know building a store from the ground up from. Uh, at late nights trying to to load up tools in the back of your truck out the back door because that's the only door that works in the building you know who's gonna drive by right the cops <laughs> so uh um you got cop stories and things like that but um the, I think the, ultimately they decided that Manitowoc is a town of thirty two thousand people uh in the in the city itself yep. and it's it's not like Green Bay where Green Bay potentially could have been a, a much larger and more sustainable market, um, especially now looking at 2019, all those years later um, with Manitowoc's major manufacturing is leaving and going to um, Pittsburgh or China or or things like that. And it's one of those things where Green Bay might have been more sustainable at, um, at that time or at this time when Manitowoc's economy might not have been the best. Right. And and how much longer did they wait to open the third store? The third store was kind of like uh, teeth pulling. Um, it was 20, 2016. February 2016 is when we officially purchased the store. Um, we looked at it around the middle of 2015. It was a hardware hank. The owner wanted to retire. And we looked at it and said we don't really want to venture into a third store. And then we kind of looked at it, we kind of thought about it. The owner didn't have any other interests from anybody else, at least that he was willing to sell to. And finally it came back around to us and we took a harder look at the financials and we said, um, it's a new market. Once again, the sustainability of it is a bigger, bigger area to draw people from a better economy, the potential better economy that, you know, it'd be silly not to try it and the price was right. So, Okay. Um, it, it it's always different in, in looking at the two situations from green bay from the ground up and and little shoot buying the existing store i don't know if i want to go through a ground up again the the work you put in <laughs>
0: yeah
1: and and you know it's not just the building and the, the aisles because you're going to get that with what you with if you purchase a store but it's the cultivating customers it's the hoping that you that Ace has some recognition already in that community that people are going to come to your store. Where if you buy an existing store, whether it be an Ace, or True Value, or in this case it was a Hardware Hank, um, you already have customers coming in. So it, it makes right. a lot more sense to to go buy an existing store than to do, do ground up, especially in our neck of the woods where um, it's it's a more of a rural setting.
0: All right, no, I totally agree with that. I mean, there's definitely benefits to do ground up, and there's definitely benefits to do Existing stores, um, successful ones, and there's benefits to do ones that are underperforming as well. But uh, there's just also negatives on both ones. So you just got to pick what what poison you want. Exactly. Yeah. Uh,
1: how far apart are they? Uh, Manitowoc to Green Bay uh, is about thirty five minutes driving, so about thirty five miles. Uh, Manitowoc to Little Chute is forty five minutes driving. It's about 35 miles, but that's not interstate driving. Gotcha. And then between, between Little Chute and Green Bay is about 20-minute drive. So uh, do you guys have
0: managers running each store, or are you guys running back and forth between the stores?
1: Uh, we, we try to have managers running each store. Um, that's a model that works best for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, managers running the day-to-day operations. Currently um, in our Little Chute store, we had a manager um, who was in college get an internship, so she left us. Um, so I'm kind of fulfilling her role for a little bit until we get on board, the new manager. Um, but um, for the most part, the managers run the store. They run the day-to-day operations. They, they're in charge of the personnel in their store and uh, everything like that.
0: As you guys grew, uh, what are some of the things that started changing uh, as far as like personnel-wise and uh, I'm, I'm guessing your dad ran managed the store, the one store.
1: And then now you have three stores. What has changed uh, through those years? So actually when, when we opened our green Bay store, we had two co-managers in our Manitowoc store and one happened to live in green Bay. So he shifted up to green Bay. Um, so we had two really good managers, one in each store um, when we first opened and it hit, my dad's role was always overseeing them, and in fact, he was more like he was probably more of a manager with the onboarding and the inventory. He was telling them what to do. They weren't mm-hmm. taking the bull by the horns and doing it like like we require now with three stores. Right. Um, so that's that's changed our expectations of our manager. Um, but my my dad would, you know, with every new employee, would sit down and he would. Know, go over everything with them where now our manager does it. So, the more of the, the employee part is is changed, but just the time to do all this stuff has changed too. Because, as it's not just with one store to three stores, but technology with, with what ACENET is doing and what what's, uh, the deadlines for ordering things. Uh, my parents still do a lot of the bulletin orders. Um, we don't let the managers do that because we expect them to manage the day to day operation of the store and not worry about. Um, the bulletins and sale items coming up, they're responsible for the sale signs, but not necessarily to order the upcoming sale items. Um, so just spending time with three stores and and all the the computer um, stuff that needs to be done inventory wise on the back end. Right, wow. where my parents do that, we don't really employ anyone to do back end office stuff other than our bookkeeping. We have a, a office manager that does our bookkeeping for us. So they've uh, they've also had to have they have to build some structure out
0: uh, just for the stores, play, things to follow since they can't be there all the
1: time. Yeah, yeah. They they've built it out, um, and over the last since we've added our third store, we've really enhanced those structures. Um, what needs to be done and when it needs to be done, and and we're constantly changing that as as things evolve.
0: Huh. Um, through your time there, what would you uh, say your expertise
1: is at the store? A little bit of everything. Um, I'm not as knowledgeable as my dad in some of the things um, because of lack of, of doing it. For example, like steel, we have steel in our Manitowoc store that he fixes. We don't get too many. It's not a full-fledged um, war- service center because we only get one or two items a week that he fixes. Um, but he, he takes care of all that, and I just don't have the opportunity to do that with time. But my my role is simply to, or, or my thing to do is is just to make sure that the stores, and what I like to do is make sure the stores are running smoothly. That gives me the the smile on my face at the end of the day. Uh, what are some of the things you've learned from running the stores uh,
0: through your years since you were five that you've uh, improved on?
1: Uh, the biggest thing about running the stores is is making your employees feel good, making your team feel good. Um, trying to have a conversation, trying to figure out what's going on. That's that's been instilled in me from my parents. But just trying to to get a good team around you. That's that's probably the biggest thing that I've learned is is what's most valuable for our businesses is a team that we have to help our customers.
0: Is there anything you guys do to like, um, help improve your culture, your team's culture and, uh, give, give your employees incentives to,
1: uh, stay there. Uh, not, not anything out of the ordinary. We, we do a really good employee discount for our, our products that we sell. We do, uh, you know, rentals with the discount with rental items that we rent. Um, we We attempt to you know do cookouts for them once in a while and and things like that, and basically at at, at the end of the day it's, it's we we feel we try to have more of a personal relationship with them than than what they can get elsewhere. What uh
0: just since we're all Ace owners, probably aCE owners listening to this, uh, I guess or my mom might listen to it, so she's an Ace owner. What kind of discount do you give your employees?
1: We give our employees basically cost after a year of employment. Cost, so, that's, wow. Yeah, cost, cost plus, I think it's cost plus five we're at. Maybe it's cost plus 10. Whatever the fuel rate is, we kind of figure that in. Yeah, that's basic.
0: I think I was saw uh, there was something going around on the PAL thread, on the Google Groups not too long ago. And people were uh, talking about all the different ones. And I thought we were aggressive at cost plus 10 at our stores, but cost plus five, that's, that's a good, that's a good incentive.
1: Um, yeah. And, and for, for us, you know, cost plus five is, is what we feel is our actual cost on that, that stuff.
0: Um, Yeah. I see my, my thing with that is like, I'm not into business. They can make money off my people. Um, they can, they can come shop here anytime they want and, I'm not trying to uh, make hundreds of dollars off them. I just want them to enjoy working here at the store and have an incentive to stay here. So, um, What is your weirdest customer story?
1: Weirdest customer story. Or funniest. Got any? Nothing's coming to mind. What about? things that happened in the store to you uh the the lawnmower fire back in 2012 2013 maybe uh, uh the, where, the lawnmower fire of 12 yeah that's uh it was a couple days before the show the a show in and it was in florida that year it was a fall show and in the green bay store at the time and my wife uh That would, we were just married at the time. That would have been twenty twenty twelve. 2012. She, she was cutting the grass and we all wear earpieces in the store. I'm sure most stores do, but uh, she had her earpiece on. She, she cut the grass, she got off and I knew she was almost done because I saw her filling the gas tank up outside. And uh, all of a sudden I get on the radio, Ryan, you need to come to the back. And the tone of her voice was, I better drop what I'm doing and head to the back of the store. <laughs> so I walk out the back and it was right behind our receiving garage. So we have a garage door there. I open the garage door. I look and she goes, "Ryan, the tractor's smoking. And I look and the tractor was, th- it was a riding lawnmower. Um, tractor was smoking. And uh, I said, okay, let's find some water. So I, there's a hose, a, a slop sink right there. I filled an old garbage can up with water and I, I tried to to put out the smoking, whatever was smoking the tractor. And it didn't work. And so finally I said, or finally the flames started coming out of the tractor. I said, okay, now we gotta, now we get get the fire extinguisher. So I got the fire extinguisher and I emptied the fire extinguisher. You know, it, it it seems like it takes forever to empty a fire extinguisher, but it was like two seconds and poof, empty. And I'm like, that didn't touch it. Okay, now we gotta call nine one one. So I grabbed my cell phone. I always had my cell phone on my hip. I call 911. My phone wasn't working. There was something <laughs> something with a signal. So I get on my radio to the store. I say, someone called 911. The tractor's on fire in the back of the store. And uh, Steph, my wife, Steph, is freaking out. She thinks I'm going to, like, start screaming at her and, like, like be mad that she started this lawnmower on fire. So then the, before the fire truck got there, a police, police officer showed up. And they emptied their fire extinguisher on the on the tractor. And that didn't put it out. Oh jeez. So so I'm I'm waiting by the driveway looking for the fire truck. And finally the fire truck shows up and I look to the other side of the building. All the employees are standing outside. I said, What what are you doing? Well the nine one one operator said to get out of the store. I said, The store's not on fire, get back to work. <laughs> Priorities. <laughs> and uh by the time the fire truck got there, the lawnmower was melted. Uh, there was nothing left, and they they sprayed it down for good measure. But it was uh, it was toast, and it was it was. And and Steph was Steph was hysterical. She was freaking out and thinking I was I was mad. And of course, I I had to call my parents and tell them, hey, Steph blew up the lawnmower, and it's all her fault, and everything like that. But basically, at the end of the day, we picked it up with our forklift, moved it off to the side, and. Steph and I went and enjoyed Florida. That was like a Thursday that it happened. I think we left on Saturday for Florida. Oh, geez, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then, oh man. Then, the other thing is I talked to the neighbor across the street. The, the neighbor across the street from our store watches the store like a hawk, especially at night. She always calls us the next morning and says, Hey, some so and so was going through your trash or so and so walked through your parking lot last night. Okay. I talked to her the next she said. Oh, I saw the smoke, and I said, "Tom, who was her husband at the time, Tom, the store's on fire. Ace is on fire," and she was freaking out, worried that our store was, you know, on fire. And um, it was just a lot more causing a lot of smoke behind it. <laughs> uh,
0: what are uh, what are some of the failures you've made at the store that you've learned from?
1: It, it's it's always going to be how you handle distraught customers, angry customers, right? You you learn from that. You handle a customer that comes in the worst day that you're having and they, they want a bone to pick with you, um, things like that. And, and the failures, uh, to me, if one of my failures is when one of my team members, one of the team um, people, doesn't treat a customer the way I'd treat a customer and uh, teaching them how to do it, to correct how, do you, how, to, how to be uh, helpful with that customer. How do you approach that
0: team member and have them uh... – try to teach them to, to to do it the way you do it. I
1: I sit down with them one on one private setting and just sit down and discuss what happened and how how they can handle it, how I would have handled it and and see if if I can answer any questions about it and um we've had times, you know, um where I've done that with our with our store manager, our former store manager in our Mantua store where we had an angry customer just completely irate um at, at our manager and I happened to, to, I didn't witness it. My dad witnessed it. So I sat down with the manager and seen what was happening. We talked it through and, and then, and about two days later that customer came back and he, he pulled the manager aside and apologized that he found out that day that he was diagnosed with cancer. Oh, and taking taking it out on our manager. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, our manager, my manager and I talked about it at the time, and, you know, we didn't find a trigger. It was something with a UPS package sending out, um, I don't remember the exact details, but there wasn't really anything the manager did wrong. Just a customer blew up at him, yeah. And and come to find out that that was the customer's probably worst day. And we we have to be there for our customers, whether it's their best day, and our worst day, or vice versa, or, or we're both having bad days. Yeah, that's that's a rough day. It's a rough day.
0: Oh man, um, if you could describe your leadership style. Uh, or compare it to somebody in history. Uh, who would you just? Who would you say your
1: leadership style is like? And it could Blake, be. <laughs> it's like it's like yours, Blake. And what's mine like? <laughs> Probably like mine. <laughs> there you go. I you know I don't I don't do a lot of leadership studies. I don't I don't study leaders. Um, yep. If there's a good book, I'll 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 try to read it. Um, with my busy lifestyle, reading is on the the back burner. Um, yeah, let's talk about that for a second. What yeah. do you do? What what's your what else do you do besides uh, work at the store? Everything. I volunteer when I can. I I uh, I ended up. It's almost like a job, but for me, it's not a job. It's fun. It's I I officiate high school sports. So I I officiate football in the fall, basketball in the winter, and baseball and softball in the spring. Um. So I I leave the store. I usually leave the store around. Uh, three o'clock and then I'm on the field or uh, basketball court by sometime that evening and I'm doing that three to four days a week that's crazy man that's a
0: lot that's a lot to do to be it and is. have
1: the stores and have two kids right two kids uh, turning four and turning two this summer that's... well you're still young maybe it'll <laughs> you'll get tired eventually the, the the thing is the kids like doing it um, the kids yeah. like the kids like coming home or coming to my sporting events and watching me. If I'm doing a lower level, if I'm not doing a varsity game that, you know, we can stay and watch varsity game together. Um, but my son, Corey, he loves sports. Um, he will wear my old uh, mask, my baseball mask uh, and he'll wear it as a catcher. He'll wear it as an umpire. He'll, he knows the, the the strike and ball calls, fall ball calls. He knows basically all the umpire calls for baseball, and uh, he loves being in the backyard hitting hitting the baseball off the tee and running around the bases. Uh, give
0: us give us your strikeout call. I want to hear it. Like, is it?
1: Are you loud? Do you make it go long? How do you do it? I I I can't do it now because I'm in the store. I think I will oh, scare half the people. Dang. But my my strikeout call is I just yell strike. Um, a little bit louder than a normal strike and I just step back and I I take my right fist and I put it out and I pull it back with my left fist going out and it's uh a punch um, out, huh? A, a, it's a punch out. Yeah. And uh, and I, and Corey does that too. If I say, Hey Corey, do me strike three, he puts three fingers up and he it's he's he's three years old, so it takes a while to put three fingers up, but then he goes strike three and he does it like ninja style, like he's doing a throat slash. <laughs> um That's a good one. I like that. You should do yeah. it with the the big kick in there. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's it's fun. Um, it, it also helps me, you know, officiating, dealing with irate coaches sometimes, especially when they think that you blew a call when you know mm-hmm. you didn't. Uh, it helps, you know, with customers, understanding how to deal with irate customers because with a coach, you have to calm them down in less seconds than you do with a customer because um, the customer, you, can, you have the time to make happy, right? You have a time yeah. to diagnose what the problem is and make them happy. A coach, you got to move on to the next play. So you got ten, fifteen, twenty seconds to coach. I'm sorry you feel that way. I was right. See you later, um, type of thing. Your coach, you know, I might have kicked that call. She'll send me the video tomorrow, and you know, I'll give you my feedback. But with a customer, you have the chance to sit down and just make them happy. Yep, that's good. And that, that's one of my biggest takeaways from that is is how to deal with with those. Not that we get too many angry customers, but like like I said before, everyone has a bad day. Yeah, and how to deal with it. Um, is there any technology you guys are using that uh,
0: that we should know about? Uh, apps or outside of apps on your computer?
1: Mango. You mango? know about mango? Uh, oh, I know. I know about mango. Any other ones? Um, we don't use a lot of of. Uh, apps for our day-to-day operations i try to use WonderList. it's a Mm -hmm. um, list program for my for my managers i have them signed up they get an email when i tell them what to do with that i i have a couple categories in there to do immediately to do tomorrow to do on a rainy day to do on a weekend Um, things like that that when i walk in their store especially if it's their day off i can instead of leaving them a paper note it's in their email they can follow up they can write notes to me and, and say hey um, what do you mean by this? Or they can mark that it's done and I can verify that, Hey, they did get it done. And just, just something that helps us, especially when I don't see my managers every, every single day. Right.
0: Yeah. Is that how you
1: primarily communicate with them as they look at that list? The list and emails. Gotcha. Just you directly send them an email. Gotcha.
0: Um, what are some ideas for ACE for the future that you have? What do you think ACE should do better that you're not doing well or how, how does ACE get better?
1: Yeah. I think the two biggest concerns right now that I have is marketing and pricing, uh, marketing. How is ACE moving to the digital world? Um, you know, we're still in the market with paper flyers and, and sending paper that we're being restricted by the newspapers. When we can send our flyers out, what is ACE doing to digitalize, our advertising, and to um, spend money where it needs to go, and that's getting it into the hands of the young young people that don't get the newspaper. And then the other thing is pricing. It's it's uh, very frequent on the bulletin boards about pricing. Um, in In our own local Google Google reviews, uh, I got a Google review yesterday. It was a four star review. Love the store, small, nice hardware store. It has everything I want. Just the price are a little too high. Yep. So, what what is Ace doing to combat combat the pricing and um, just people on their phones? I helped somebody the other day in our little shoot store that they wanted to buy a lawnmower and a trimmer. Well, the lawnmower we were five bucks less than Home Depot, I think. And, I'm sorry, it was Lowe's because it was a Craftsman lawnmower. Um, we were five bucks less than than uh, Lowe's, and then the trimmer they were looking at was a Black and Decker trimmer that we were five bucks more than than Lowe's. So, what are we doing to combat that? I mean, if they weren't buying those items side by side, uh-huh. what what's Ace doing to do that? You know, is Ace working in our best interest to to get our pricing down? Uh, go back to those Google reviews. How often do you uh, pay attention to those? Do you have an Email? Do you get an email each time that you have one? I get. I get an email. I get. Uh, two alerts. Um, speaking of which, uh, Sochi for Ace. Um, Ace has got that, that social media platform called Sochi. Yep. Uh, that's a wonderful tool, especially for multiple multiple stores um, or multiple platforms that you can you can use. And I love that. Um, I got an email from our group leader, our dealer group leader today, that some people aren't on that in our group. And it just befuddles me to know that why aren't they taking advantage of a free program but between Sochi and the Google Business app, mm-hmm. I get I get two alerts on my phone plus an email, and I'm reading those things every time. In fact, when they come, I cringe. Just make sure that we're doing things right the way I'd like them to be. What do you? Because
0: uh, I, I also do the same thing. What like when we get a bad review, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth for the evening. And how do you fight that? Uh, I don't know if it happens to you personally, but. It's like, how do you fight that at home when you look at a review and you're like, oh, that sucks. What happened at the store? What, can I, what do you do that evening to get yourself out of that
1: funk and try to just not pay attention to it at the moment? I try to give my kids a hug. Try, <laughs> to, try to find the good in it and give my kids a hug. And if it's a really bad review, I'll take Corey out in the backyard, turn on the lights, and we'll just take some batting practice off the tee, and I'll just get my frustrations out that way. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I've definitely run into that. It's like, oh. Like you you read those reviews, a one star, they don't say anything, so you can't really even fix anything. It's like just uh just makes me mad. And just there's nothing you can do to, to to fix it at the moment. So Exactly. Yeah. Uh any ideas for Ace for the future that they can uh
1: do? Carry on. I mean look to the future. Ace Ace as a as a company has to look to the future and they have to I I find Ace as the best hardware wholesaler and the best hardware program to be in. Um, And that's without doing a lot of research to know that we are in one of the best companies that we can be as a small hardware store. And I think Ace has to be on that leading edge of technology in the future. And whether that be um, social media, um, paint or hardware or lawn and garden, but they all have to be, cutting edge and be a forefront. They have to be a leader in, in in the industry.
0: Okay, we probably need to wrap this up here soon. We're almost at 40 minutes. Uh, okay, here's my, my question. Who would win in a fight? Van Heisen I'm talking about a, a fist fight. Like throw down anything goes fight. Van Heizen or Serene?
1: Serene looks looks small and scrappy. I'd I'd go with Serene. You don't think Van Huysen with those long arms might get a, a good punch from a distance in on him? I, I I don't think he would. I think Serene is small and scrappy. I think he'd, he'd probably poke an eye out or two and probably win that way. <laughs>
0: you think which one would be the dirtier fighter?
1: Serene. <laughs>
0: well, there you go. <laughs> All right, Ryan. Well, probably should wrap this up.
1: Anything else you want to say before we go? Um, I just want to say, you know, stories, you, you talked about stories. Stories are fun. I'll give you the one from earlier this week. Um, I got a phone call Tuesday night from my dad. I said, hey, I need you to come with me Wednesday morning for a lock job we do. We we have a we, a lock shop in our store, and my dad runs commercial calls and, and does you know, home lockouts um, and rekeys businesses and things like that. But he needed to install a door closer. I said, sure, I'll go he didn't tell me where so i get in his truck wednesday morning and, and we drive and also we pull up in front of this bar i'm like it's not too early is it well the, <laughs> the bar was officially closed but we had a, we had a, a solid door closer and i i really wanted to to say hey why don't we take the rest of the day off and, and let's make sure this door really works and sit at the bar and watch it
0: I've spoken watch like a true door. wisconsin <laughs> right
1: uh, <laughs> that's great did you do it? Did you get? Did you get a drink? No, we we we'd go out and do other stuff.
0: I spent a summer installing digital cable. That's a whole other story. Let's not talk about that right now. Next but, time, uh, yeah. But I can't tell you how many times I was offered make a brew with you. I'm like, I can't. Sorry. <laughs> Well, anyways, thanks again uh, for calling. And next time you'll, you will uh, get to join in and asking the questions. Uh, but I just want everybody to know, pay, uh watch out for more podcasts to come. Uh, we'll try to do one every couple weeks and get them out there. And if you have ideas, how to make it better and who we should interview, let us know. So, all right, Ryan. We'll thanks talk for to having you. me, Blake. I appreciate it. Yep. We'll talk to you later. See ya. Sounds good. Bye. Yep. Bye.